What's up, Refuge? How we doing? Woo! Let's give it a one more time for Darren and Gary, a.k.a. Darian and Garen, a.k.a. David and Goliath. Anybody? That was, that was awesome. They're going to lead us some more here in a little bit. We actually have a very uh, affectionate name for Gary. Mike and I call him the Gare Bear. So feel free. That is, that is now out in the open. Use it as you will. So uh, uh, last, uh, last uh, couple weeks, as, as a whole church body, we've been going through uh, this series called Open Your Eyes. And, 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 and we have been walking through what it looks like for, for, for God to really take a, a new route, for us to kind of be refreshed in our walk with him. And we have packaged that in refuge in what we like to call alive. And we want to see in the, in the context of our walk with Christ as students ranging from 7th grade through 12th grade or 6th grade or whatever, in high school, in middle school, what does it look like for, for God to really take root and take hold? And last week, Scott shared with us about, about being alive, that, that when we're born, all of us are in the same boat. All of us are born spiritually dead. All of us are in that same boat. Every single one of us, even though, even though we're all alive in this room, breathing, you know, we have air in our lungs, you know, we're living, we're existing. But all of us are born spiritually dead. There's something wrong. And what, what he said was that Jesus has done something for us on, the, on our behalf. Is that, is that there's this debt between us and God that we couldn't pay, that Jesus came to this earth and that he paid for so that we could have life. And that when he, when he died on the cross, it wasn't just this thing so we can go to heaven and get into heaven for free if we just believe, but that so that when he was raised from the dead, we have this now, this resurrected, powerful life of Christ that now lives inside of those of us who call ourselves Christians. And so that's the, that's the offering for us is that we get to be a part of that. But secondly, if, if we call ourselves Christians, you know, if, if we've been walking this road for all, we, we kind of we get comfortable with where we're at. Right? You know, if, if you've been doing this for a while, we, we tend to, we might get somewhat comfortable with just being Christian. And, and so the challenge for us was that God would refresh us, that we would be alive again, that we wouldn't just fake it, but that we would actually live it. That the invitation of God tonight or, is not just that you would be a bystander, that you would just be uh, on the audience, on the outside looking in and being a spectator, but that you would be actively a participant in what God is doing in your life. For a long time, that's the way that I approached my own spirituality. That I thought, okay, as long as I'm just kind of riding on the outside, I don't have to get involved. I don't have to do anything. I can just, I can just be on the outside looking in, and I can see everything else going on. But when I was, a, when I was in that 7th to 8th grade time range, a friend of mine invited me to, um, to his church. And I had been to church before. And so I thought it was weird. He was like, you want to go to my church? And I was like, I already have a church. He was like, well, you come to my church. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So, so I did and uh, during one of these talks, I, I felt like God singled me out. And I, and I felt like God, and I, and I, and I knew, it had, I, knew I, I, I was saved before. I knew that was happening. But I had just been living on this outside looking in sort of thing. I hadn't really taken the next step. I was just attending the worship services. I was just kind of being a part of the background noise. I wasn't really actively a part of my own faith. And then, and then finally God woke me up, and I saw myself, and I realized, Oh my gosh, there's this whole entire life that God is saying, hey, guess what? You get to no longer be just a participant. You get to or, or no longer be an audience where you can be a participant. You can, you can no longer be a part of the, you can be a part of the game. But you don't have to be on the outside looking in anymore. But the invitation is that you can be a part of it. And God has invited all of us to be in that role. And all of us 
to have a role in that. And it's not just for the super spiritual or the spiritual elite or anything like that. But you and I get to have this extraordinary life. The invitation is there for us to take it. And so that was a huge turning point for myself. And since that point, there has been a lot of things that have shaped my journey of being a Jesus follower. That it wasn't just making that decision, everything was great from there. But there have been a lot of other players in my life that have shaped the way that I walk with God. That it hasn't just been all about me. There has been people all along the way that have, that have helped me become a better Jesus follower. Guys like Greg Johnson. Greg Johnson was my first student pastor. And Greg Johnson introduced me to this idea that you can spend time with God. He showed me that, man, there's this whole wealth of information and there's this whole wealth of knowledge and wisdom at your fingertips daily. And that God, the creator, the, the one who made everything, wants to spend time daily with you. That it wasn't just about me attending church, but I was invited into a relationship, an active living relationship with God that he said you can be a part of. Greg Johnson taught me that. There's a guy named Melvin Swafford who taught me that, 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 that to be a man of integrity, to be somebody that believes what I say and acts with conviction, that he taught me that my school was my mission field, that my friends were my mission field, that the people that I was living life with, those people were the people that he wanted to bring to Christ. That's what Melvin Swafford taught me. There was two guys named Andrew England and Daniel Hare. These two guys, when I graduated high school, I asked them, I said, hey, listen, I need you to keep me accountable for stuff because I'm struggling, I'm, I'm failing. And, and, and these two guys that were a part of my life and were, and were walking with me and were, were praying with me. And I would call them up. And they were guys that I could call at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I, I really need some help. I'm struggling in this area. And they would say, great, let me pray for you. I had guys that when I fell on my face, that they'd pick me up. Guys that I knew that were concerned about my spiritual health and well-being, that they would keep me accountable. Say, hey, man, are you talking with God? Hey, are you spending time on your word? Hey, are, are you still struggling with this? Can I pray for you? Guys in my life that challenged me and sharpened me to become better. There's guys like, like, like Travis, like Pastor Travis here, who was my student pastor when I was in high school. And he walked with me for a little bit. And he still to this day teaches me leadership principles constantly. Micah, who, who has been my friend since we were like 16 years old, Micah still constantly challenges me on always making things excellent and pursuing what's creative. Guys like Ken Sherrard, who I worked for when I, when I, as soon as I got here. Guys like that who taught me the importance of details. And guys like Mike Lauren who taught me the importance of caring about people. I am not the result of what I have accomplished. I'm not the result of, 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 of just me saying, I've got it by the reins, God. I'm going to do this by myself. But I'm the result of what people in my life has helped shape me to be that I can't take credit for. And tonight, I want us to walk through this concept of what we call Christian community. Because all of us, the truth is tonight that we cannot do this alone. We cannot walk this journey with our, with, uh, with our relationship with Christ by ourselves. If we do that, we will stunt our growth, and we will go nowhere. Because if we think that we have the reins, and that we've got control, and that we can do this, it's just, it's just me, I've got the control, there is so much that we are missing out on, because there are so many people in this room, there are so many people around your life right now that want to help you get better, that want to help you see, see you become a better Jesus follower. And so here's, here's what I'm going to look at tonight is for us, I want us to see the men that God has a passion for you being in community. I want us to look at the scripture in Genesis 1.26. And we're going to see that God is not just telling us, or we're not, we're not the ones just creating community, but God is the one who established community. 
God is the one who exists in this community, and that he has called us to do the same. Genesis 1.26 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. I'll say that again. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And you might say, Ben, that's about the creation story. What does it have to do with, with community? Community, th- this is for us, we believe that God exists in this theological concept we like to call the Trinity. And, and the Trinity is, is not some man-made thing. We believe it's based in founda- and, and foundations in the Bible. But that God exists in this three in oneness. That there are three pieces, three persons to God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That these three things make up who God is. And this is a concept that kind of seems like it might blow your mind because it does. I'm going to read, a, I'm gonna read a, a quote from a guy named C.S. Lewis. It says this, in God's dimension, so to speak, you find a being who is three persons, but remaining one being. Just as a cube is six squares, while remaining one cube. Of course, we cannot fully conceive a being like that, just as if we were so made that we perceived only two dimensions in space. We could never properly imagine a cube. That may seem like kind of a little bit of abstract thought for some of us in the room tonight, but let me say this. We believe that God exists in this three in oneness, that there are three attributes or, or three person, persons to, to, to God. But not one is better than the other, not one is more powerful than the other. Each one has equal share in the divineness of God and his power. Neither one is, is, is over the other in authority. All exist together and all show different attributes and all show different personalities, but they're all God. They're all part of of God. We don't have three different gods. We have a God who has three persons. We see it as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this whole key word here in this verse is our. He says, I want to create you in our image. God refers to himself as what is plural. He says, this whole Trinity concept, this this our, this this how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit thing works, I've created you in the same sort of way to want and long for this community. That you need completion from other in the sense that there is a way that you cannot walk alone, that we have to be in this together. And that this whole concept of community is, is, is something that God ordained from the beginning of time, saying that I'm going to create people that need to live with each other, sharpening each other, making each other better, and making each other look more and more like Jesus. Because this, this group, this group of people that we live life with are the ones that are going to help us get to that point. And God is there as well. And this, and, this, and this picture of community is one that shows that God is also reconciling people to himself, but God is also reconciling broken people to each other. That, that, that this idea of community is, is, is making people that are far from God close to God, but also that those of us who are broken are also fitting together as well. Because here's the truth, and I know you guys will, will agree with me on this. We are not perfect people, right? No, no. <laughs> We are, we are messed up. We are broken. We are, we are just messed up pieces. But the good news is this, is that we're all in the same boat. There are some weird people in this room. I'm one of them. Trust me. Like, listen, we are all in this boat together. But the awesome thing is, is that God has created a place called community so that you and I can be weird and awkward together so that we can fit together. Because God says, listen, I've created this to be a picture of God's reconciliation between God and man. But I've also created this to be a reconciliation between us. It's because we have to fit together. 
I pray to fit, fit together because we were never meant to do this alone. And the minute that we think that we have it to ourselves, the minute that we think that we can do this on our own, we will, we will, we will cease to, 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 to live out what I believe that God has called us to live. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But here's a, I want us to look at another verse. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. It says this, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fail or fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will stand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. You and I need each other. And I'm, we're not just talking about this so that when we go to small groups, you guys can share more. We're doing this, guys, because this is not something that we just do once a week. This is something that's a continual thing, that you and I are constantly picking, up, picking each other up when they fall. That we're not pointing out the faults and saying, hey, listen, look at this person. See what they did? You see how bad they messed up? No, what we do when we see somebody fall, we pick them back up and we help them. That we shoulder each other's burdens, that we care for one another, that we love one another. And here's the truth tonight, guys. Community doesn't happen just by, by, by happenstance. It's not just one of those things that just kind of happens by accident. What's going to change what we do here on Sunday nights is not the fact that we just go into a room and share a bit more, but that throughout the week that we live intentionally with this heart of community, that we pursue this intentionally. It's not something that's going to happen by accident, but it's when you and I say, hey, listen, I want to actively pray for you. Like, I, I want to know what's going on in your life. And you and your friends are getting together and we're saying, hey, listen, what can I do to help you, make, help you get better? This literally happened like two days ago. I told Mike, I said, hey, listen, dude, it, it, I need, if I don't do something by the end of February, punch me in the face. That was my, I, seriously, I'm not going to in here right now, but I promise you that's what I said to him. I said, dude, if I don't do this thing by the end of February, you have to punch me in the face. I, I still have to do that throughout the week. I don't wait for a small group time to do that. We're not just talking about what we do on Sunday nights. We're talking about creating a lifestyle that says, I want to grow with other believers all the time. And we, it has to be intentional. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not just going to be because we create an environment for you to share in on Sunday nights. It's going to happen when you and I say, yes, I want to become, I want to look more and more like Jesus every single day. I, I, I need that in my life. I want to I look like him. So I want to surround myself with people that are pursuing the same thing that I am, that are helping me towards this goal, towards the finish line. I want to see this happen in my life. And it has to be intentional. We have to say this. And God's the one that's going to change that in us. And here's, here's something that I want you, it's in your notes. It says this, when we come alive to Christ, we come alive to, com to community. When we come alive to Christ, we come alive to community. When we, when we accept Christ and we say, yes, God, I want to come alive in you, that, 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 when, that when we make that decision to say, yes, my life, God, is now yours, you have mine. In the same hand that we say, yes, God, you are, I'm yours, we're also saying, yes, God, I come alive to community. That I'm not, just, I'm not just for this part of it, but I'm for everything that it comes with. It's all encompassing. It's all about the same thing. It's not just one part. It's not just one part. It goes hand in hand. When we say, God, I, I accept you, I believe in you, we are also saying, God, I need other believers to help me get better. I need other believers in my life to help and move me forward. 
and that you and I had not have this passion inside of us to, to do it to our friends and say, hey, listen, I want to help you get better. What can I do to be praying for you? What can I do to shoulder your burdens? In Galatians chapter 2 talks about that we shoulder one another's burdens, that we look at each other not as just people that are just going to fail and we say, oh, that person, they're going to go back that road again. They're going to do the same thing again. But that we look at each person and we say, no, I want, I want to help you. I want to shoulder your burden. Your hurt, your pain is not just your hurt and your pain. Your hurt and your pain is a part of my hurt and my pain. I want to see you get through this. I want to see you make it through this. I want to see you get better. You and I are all called to this. This is not something that you and I just, just are, are, are that, that is for the spiritually elite people. This is for everybody. All of us have a role to play. All of us are called to be encouragers. All of us are called to be friends. All of us have a part to play in this. It's not just for those of us that have jobs at churches. It's not for those of us that, that, that just have, have Christian families. This is for everybody to grab a hold of and to say, yes, I'm on board with this. As much as I'm pursuing Jesus, man, I'm pursuing life with other people outside of the context of, of just a weekly gathering. But I'm saying, God, I want to live life with you to see transformation take place in my life. But there's more to what God says. Look at John 17, verse 20 to 23. Jesus, this is his, this is what we call Jesus' high priestly prayer. He's, he's praying this over his, over his disciples, but he's also praying for us in the future. Look at what he says. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even also, or um, as, as you have loved me. God says, the, the reason I created this is not so that the community would be the ends itself, but it would be a means to an end. He says, I, I, my, God, God could have prayed, Jesus could have prayed for literally anything under the sun. He could have said, God, would you, God, would you give them great music, or would you give them great worship, or would you give them the great programs, or give them great things? But God says, no, my heart is to beg you, God, is that when, when that 2,000 years ago, after I leave this earth, that people would be one. That, that, that people who call themselves believers in me, that they would be all be one body, that they'd be together, they'd be unified together. That they would love one another. Because when they love one another, what happens is that people around them start to see that. Is that when people start to see that, 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 that the oneness that they have is what makes them that makes them supernatural, that makes them see that they are disciples of me. That's what's going to change for you and for myself. Because when we see community, not as just a small group time, where we share prayer requests, which is great, where we talk about scripture, which is great, but we see that when we love each other intentionally, and that when we come together as one and we unify, that people come to Christ. That your schools, that the things around you change dramatically. It's because that people are attracted not to just how, how big we do the show. People are attracted to how well we love one another. 
God says, I'm giving you the recipe. I've given you the way to reach your schools. I've given you the way, the campus missionaries, all that stuff is great. He's like, but I've given you the way to reach people. And here's what it is. Love one another. He says, be unified in one another. He said, don't, don't get caught up with all this stupid, petty stuff and all this arguments of, of, well, she said this about me, or he said this about me, or he stole my girlfriend, or she stole my boyfriend, whatever this stuff is. Listen, if we, if we start breaking these things apart, and we start ripping apart each other, and we start pointing out the faults in one another, and instead of saying, I want to shoulder your burden, I want to carry your hurt, I want to carry your pain, the minute we start, we start arguing, the people start saying, well, they're no... They're no different than me. I can go home and get that. I can go home and see my parents. I can go home and see all sorts of stuff. But when people start to see that there is something supernatural, because that's what's going to draw them, is is they're going to see a love inside of you and myself that is supernatural, because it's none of this world. It's God's love through and in us that God's going to see that. And people are going to see that and then say, man, I want to be a part of what they're doing. Because there is a unification that they have that I've never seen before. That there is a love that they have and a respect they have for one another that I've never seen before. It's not going to come because we have the best services. It's not going to come because we have the best programs or we have the biggest church. It's never going to come because of those things. What's going to come, how God's going to enter through your schools, how God's going to do a drastic work in and through your lives and communities and neighborhoods is when you and I love each other. That's how we have to see it. We have to see that you and I are called to be a part of community, that you and I are called to, to love and to share each other's hurts and burdens, that you and I are called to sharpen one another. But more than that, to see community as a way that God has said, I want to reach the world through you. God says, I want to reach the world. I want to reach people through you. That God is more passionate about the friends in your life than you are, and he wants to use the relationships to do that. He wants to see that happen through you guys. We're going to wrap up tonight with this verse, and then we're going to pray. This is 2 Chronicles 7.14. And it says this, it says, If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. We blame so many other things for why our schools are bad, our relationships are bad, We blame it on people, we blame it on their insufficiencies, we blame it on the country, we blame it on all sorts of stuff. But people aren't just bad because things are messed up in this world. God has has given the remedy for that. He says, I want to use you to reach people. But that's going to happen when you and I let our guards down Stop bringing petty arguments in the situation. Stop bringing little burdens and things like that. But we share our hurts and pains with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we unify and we love one another past what we judge them to be. We love them more 
and more every day. Regardless of, of, of how they treat us, regardless of what they say to us, regardless if tomorrow somebody spreads an awful rumor about you, you say, I love you anyways. He says, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take to see transformation happen. That's what it's going to see to take the gospel to your schools. That's what it's going to take. But here's what I want to do right now. We're going to pray. This is going to require just a, a little bit of maturity for us. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to listen very carefully. What we're going to do is we're going to break up into our high schools. And we're going to pray for our schools. And so I'm going to invite the band to start coming up right now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break up into our high schools, but I'm going to ask that nobody says a word until we get to our circles. Okay? And here's how we're going to do this. We're going to put schools all around this room. Okay? I'm going to tell you where to go, and you're going to find those people that go to your school. If you are in middle school, you will go to the school that you feed to, but I want you to pray for your school. If you are an upperclassman in that school, I want you to find that middle school student and stand next to him and pray with him. We're going to beg God tonight that he would do something radical to change us so that from the inside out we would come alive in him, but so that we would see transformation happen on our campuses, in our neighborhoods, in our homes. So here's what I want us to do, guys. If I don't, if I don't name your school, it's not because I don't love you. I promise I love you. It's not because I don't care about your school. But if I, if I do not name your school, I still want you to go and, and stand with a group of people and pray with them, okay? So here's what I want us to do. Very, very quietly, I want us to stand up, okay? And just like we do our campfire stuff at camp without talking, here's what I want us to do. If you are at Silverado High School, I want you to go towards that basketball goal. If you are at Green Valley High School, you're going to go behind that, that last row of chairs. If you're at Coronado, I want you to go by the soundboard. If you're at Liberty, I want you to go by those round tables there in the back. If you're at LVA, go next to the door. If you're at Foothill, go to, the, go to close to the connect sign. If you're also at Basic in that area. If you go to LMCA, I want you to go towards those circular tables back there. If you're at Desert Oasis, I want you to go towards those double doors over there. Again, if you are in middle school, go towards your feed school. If you guys don't have a place to go, Patrick, can you be in a group right here? Okay. If you guys don't have a, set, a place to go, you're going to come towards the front right here, and Patrick's going to be right here. Patrick, raise your hand real quick. And so, guys, find your places quietly. I want to make sure everybody finds a group. Everybody finds where they're supposed to be. Not a single person's going to pray. Everybody's going to pray at the same time when I say what we're going to pray for. I want everybody to, to lift up God right now. We're going to all talk at the same time. It's not just one person, but we're all going to pray simultaneously for what we're going to pray for tonight. So if you guys understand, we'll just nod your heads and get what we're doing. Okay, guys? So go ahead, grab hands, okay? And we're going to be together, guys. We're going to pray right now. We're going we're gonna to ask God to do something big. We're going to ask God to do something bigger in, our, in us, in our schools, in our communities, bigger than anything we could ever imagine, okay? Here's what I want us to pray for first. Just like that verse says, 
I want you to ask God for humility. I want you to ask God, say, say, God, you are better than me. God, you are stronger than me. God, you can do this more than me. God, humble myself. Let me see that I am not good. God, I am not good enough to do it by myself. That I need people around me. I need you. Make that confession right now. Say, God, I need you. Go ahead and start praying. Stars for next. I want you to pray right now. Say, God, I want to turn away from my sin, and I want to walk to you. Maybe that's you calling out sin as it is. Maybe that's you saying, God, I I know the sin I'm struggling with. God, I want to get rid of this sin. But pray that God's holiness would take root in our hearts, and that he would change our hearts from the inside out. So go ahead, pray right now. Say, God, I want to walk away from sin. I want to repent from sin and walk towards you. Pray that right now. pray that man it would take root in your neighborhoods and in your communities i want you to beg god right now say god would you so move in my school that god it would be like an ocean it would be like a wave it would be overcoming our school say god i want to see you i want to see you change my school for christ i want to do it through i want you to do it through us i want you to do that through me and i want you to start naming lost people by name that you want to pray for so i want you guys pray out loud right now god say god save the lost in my school god work in me Worthy is the lamb that 
was slain for us. Son of God and man, you are I and lifted up. And all the world will praise your great name. Here's the last thing I want us to pray for tonight. Just like Jesus prayed that you and I would be one. Let's pray tonight that as the people that are standing in these circles that represent your schools, that you guys would take ownership and say tonight, let's be one. That let's be unified. Pray that God would unify us, that he would break those things. Maybe it's disagreements. Maybe it's, it's broken relationships that are, that are around. Pray that God would mend those tonight. And pray tonight that God would do something in and through you pray that your community, that you would be one, that we would all be unified. So let's pray that tonight for unification, that God would work through us as one. Pray that tonight. recognize our sinfulness that we are broken that we're messed up that we need each other to be unified so that God your gospel can take root in our schools in our neighborhoods God that your name would go forth throughout this nation God and it's going to happen when we are one when we are together so God would we be together in this tonight God you are king over all and we celebrate your name here tonight God we love you and we pray. Amen. So guys, here's what we're going to do next. Very quietly, I want you to find your way back to your seats, okay? All right? And we're going to continue to sing. So find your way back.